Welcome to Kitchen Table Conversations, a series of short and shareable conversation starters for those of us who have or love and support people with a complicated and beautiful brain. Here's your host, Angela Geddes. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Kitchen Table Conversations. I hope that everyone is having a really good new year so far. I thought that today we would uh, take some time to kind of follow up on last week's messaging, which kind of circled around the new year and new beginnings. And for many people, that means that we're making some new resolutions or setting some new goals for ourselves. And as I mentioned last week, uh, for me, it's more about kind of taking stock and looking forward to the future with hope and wondering about what opportunities there may be ahead of us. So kind of taking stock of where we're at and what kinds of things we might want to plan for. So I think that most of us can agree that if we look at um, personal growth and goal setting of any kind, I think we all would agree that it's easier when we really believe that it's possible and that there's a purpose behind it. And goals and resolutions are more apt to come to fruition if we see the purpose behind them. And even better yet, if we have decided that these goals are important and that they're for us and not for somebody else. So last week we talked about a few tips that would make it most likely that our goals would be achieved and a couple that really stand out for me is the idea of writing the goal down and actually making a commitment, posting it somewhere, Um, maybe it's on my computer screen for example, maybe it is actually a screensaver, maybe there's a, maybe we went so far as to develop a vision board And then to even increase the likelihood of of success even further by upwards to about 50%, they say that to actually make your goal public and to tell somebody and maybe even post it on Facebook or join a group where um, there's some level of like-mindedness, support, and of course that extra motivation when we need it. So this week, I thought that maybe a good follow-up to that would be for us to kind of... um, take a look at what helps us to understand or find our purpose and what gives our lives meaning. So I work with many people who struggle to find this and and really, really struggle with a sense of emptiness and a sense of, you know, what is my purpose, especially in the event that there's been a crisis of some sort or maybe a job loss or a catastrophic injury where people have just left to sort of redefine themselves. So Dalai Lama would say that the purpose to life is to be happy. And others, like Russ Harris, would say that happiness is kind of overrated and that our pursuit of it often leaves us conflicted. So as with everything, there is a balance, and in many respects, both of these people are actually saying kind of the same thing. So check out my website for more links and more details around their philosophy around happiness and what uh, what brings people purpose and meaning. But for me, I think I would agree that sometimes happiness can be overrated. There is something to be said for being content um, and taking pride and pleasure in some of the simple things, whatever they may be for you. It's also really important to remind ourselves of how valuable the simple acts of random kindness can be and how the act of service is so very powerful in terms of our own well-being and our own sense of purpose and meaning. So doing for others is, uh, is a really good act of self-care, so to speak. I do agree that sometimes the pursuit of happiness can be kind of confusing and a little bit conflicting. And I know that for me personally, I think sometimes that I've given my kids um, a bit of a disservice in, in my attempts to motivate them to find employment that really makes them happy. So, you know, 
Uh, my dad said to me many years ago, we spend way too much time at work to not enjoy it and to not really love it um, and to really find um, passion and, and purpose. And I am so grateful every day that I have found that. But there have been times in my life where it hasn't been as purposeful and validating. And I really believe that sometimes we really do have to do the hard stuff and not much like it at all. Um, and sometimes we need to get good at something first and learn that we actually do love this once we understand that our contributions really make a difference. And this helps us to find our purpose and we may not find it right away. And also I think it's really important to remember that it is called a job for a reason. Sometimes we need to remember that it's not a hobby. A wise friend of mine once said to me when I was really struggling to find purpose and feel valued at a particular place of employment, my friend Cheryl McIntyre said to me, it's a job, Ange. You've got a family and you can find your stimuli and your purpose elsewhere for the time being. And this made so much sense to me at the time and it really helped me to accept the current situation for what it was and to see the value in it. I did do a good job. This employment did allow me to pay the bills and it also provided me with a great opportunity to balance um, work with my family demands. So it was it was lovely and, and I thank Cheryl very much for that bit of encouragement that I really needed at that time. A few years ago I participated in a mindfulness yoga acceptance commitment therapy yoga teacher training and for me I feel like it was the best or one of the best professional development and personal development endeavors that I ever have participated in so far. I learned a lot about a lot of things, some intentional and some extras that I was not expecting, but mostly I just learned some really new skills that I apply to my everyday and I also met some of the most amazing people that I now get to call friends. And I have to be honest, I love what I do for a living and I love being a helper. Uh, whether it's a parent educator, whether it's me in my therapist role or in some sort of case management role or supporting somebody with addictions, it's very meaningful work, obviously, without a doubt. But then I also have the added bonus, at least from my perspective, to learn so many things that I can do to help reduce the risk um, for me and to practice what I offer to others. And that's, that's not to say that I don't struggle and benefit from the objective support from another therapist, because that would be a lie. I do have a helper of my own. And I often feel so sad for many people who feel that they have to struggle alone, um, or in the case so often that the wait lists are so long that support is just simply out of reach. That's another conversation altogether. We'll, we'll touch on that another day. But this training that I mentioned helped me to really understand that when we do the work and try to understand what our values are and what we want to contribute to, then we will be healthier, happier, and more content. So today I want to share a few things that can help us to live our best lives. The first thing I would suggest is to explore what are our values, what guides our decision making, what brings us peace and joy, and what kinds of things do we really think are important. Is, is it family, loyalty, compassion, prosperity, integrity, success in academics, financial freedom, accountability, overall well-being, environmental issues, um, simplicity. And so for a look at more, head to my website because there is a list of values there. And of course, all of these speak to some of us or most of us to some degree. However, as we take a, um, you know, a closer look, we can kind of hone in and narrow things down to what 
some of our own priorities maybe. And sometimes these priorities change a little bit uh, when the context changes, but for the most part our values are long-term guideposts, or as some would say the compass that guides our life's journey. So the next thing that I would suggest would be to honestly rate our life domain. So how are we doing in, the fo- in some of the following areas? So what's our family looking like right now? What's our marriage like if, we're, if we happen to be married or, or in a partnership? What is our school performance and our experiences? Is this really something that we feel like we can do for the long term? How about our employment? Is it good for us? Is it toxic? Same could be said about our friends. Parenting spirituality. How are we doing in these departments? Community engagement, our physical self-care, environmental concerns, and in terms of our own creativity, is this something that we're nurturing or is this something that we could use some more work in? And next, I would suggest that we have an honest conversation with ourselves and decide what is it that we're most willing to put the work into? I always suggest small, starting out with small wins because those small wins can really help to motivate and encourage us and catapult us to the next level. And if we take a look at our life domains and we realize that there's a, many areas that we need to work on, I would suggest that we do focus on a few at a time and not kind of look at our lives like we have to do a major overhaul because that can be really overwhelming and it can keep us sort of stuck. And I think sometimes even at our lowest points or or following a bit of a crisis or where we are looking at making some significant changes, if we look hard enough, there are some parts of our lives that are going fairly well and they will just continue to chug along on their own while we focus on some of the other things. And finally, what I have found to be very, very helpful is to think about and maybe even write parts of or the whole thing. And what I'm talking about here is writing your own eulogy or your obituary um, and live backwards. So I think this is really, really important to help kind of ground us and help us to realize what it is that we want to accomplish and what we want people to remember us for. Um, What would people say? And what would people say now that maybe we don't want them to say? So is this an area that we can look at? And, uh, and then really kind of make a conscious effort to realign ourselves with our values. Because in my work and in my personal life, I can really tell you that when we live in line with our values, if we value respectful communication, for example, and we engage in communication that's less than what we expect of ourselves, that contributes to anxiety and distress and, and you know, just not feeling very good about our own decisions. And those are the things that we can control. So in this great big world where things are running very quickly and we hear on the news regularly of things that are not going well and in some cases pretty catastrophically, I think that focusing on the things that we can control can help to give us strength and, uh, and that can be really powerful. So check out the website for more details and more uh, inspiration for some of these uh, conversations that we've talked about. And I encourage you to bring them home to your own kitchen table. Uh, And thanks so much for tuning in. Angela.